Welcome to the Beretta Brothers. We are a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to theberettabrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Beretta Brothers. Two of us. For best results, use both ears. <laughs> ah, we made it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. So nice to be back with you, Billy. Oh, well, you know you what? Know, it's always a pleasure, Jean. It's a very special episode. Do you know why? Why? Because yesterday was a very special day. It was. Happy birthday mm, to you. Mm, 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 mm. Happy, happy birthday to you. Mm. Come on. Happy, happy b- 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 birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy That's the best birthday present ever. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Woo! Nice. That was awesome. A little too enthusiastic. I think I brought down some of my scenery. (laughs) You did. We saw something fall back there. That was perfect. Happy Thank birthday. you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, I no shaved problem. for my birthday. I don't know if anybody noticed. I shaved the sides of my face off, right? Did that. Uh, quickly, uh, can I just show you a couple, everybody, a couple things I got since you brought up the birthday? Yeah. I'll speak okay. for everyone. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, Gene uh, sent me show them my. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. The recording years. And nice. I got a original piece of art from Gene. This is me when I was a kid and I had a pet squirrel named Freddy. Yeah. He, used to, he used to go inside of your pajama top and run around in circles around your torso. Yeah, and then he jumped in our father's suit and, and died. And then, oh, wait, wait, did you notice? Wait, did you notice in the background of that picture? Go look at the painting again. Oh, the soup, the soup. I'm gonna put the bowl of soup in the back. (laughs) His demise. Then I got two pieces of art from my son. Happy birthday, Dad. Pepe for me. And then he also did this one for, this is fa- my Father's Day. <laughs> He's taken after it, his uncle, those, drawing my nose so big, it overlaps his entire head. Yeah. What's hugging you? Your nose is hugging him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then my beautiful wifey got me... Um, a cake of cakes with seven different 
huge slices of really yummy cake and I can't remember the name of it. Maybe she'll write it down somewhere so I can tell people who, who it's from, but she had it shipped here and it had Italian cream cake and it had a chocolate cake and it had a wow. caramel cake and it had a rainbow cake and it had a coconut cake and it had a <laughs> cake and a cake and a wow. cake. And then she cooked dinner and she made dinner. And then I have this, but I know I'm taking up all this time, but I haven't opened this yet, but that's coming. So I had a wonderful birthday and everybody shirt? showed me. Yes. You got one on? Look at this. This is my favorite Beatles uh, shirt. Very cool. John Paul, George, and Ringo. Hard day's night. Hey, um, listen. But thank you. I just want to say real quick, going. just thank you. I know. I just want to say thank you, everybody, all their messages and, and all their birthday wishes. And uh, it was really sweet. And um, thank you. Thank you, anybody out there. They didn't something. fall down for you. That's true. They no, that was crash. my favorite gift of all. It came, it came late, but it was my favorite gift of all. <laughs> <laughs> always have it. I'll always have it. Okay, so before we... Uh, before we hand you over to uh, our recorded versions of Gene and Bill, um, let's do a little housekeeping real quick. Don't forget to visit okay. GeneBeretta.com uh, for yes. all of his great artwork and books, all of his children's books. Uh, what else do we how need? About, uh, how about if you go to the YouTube site, Jules Little Gems with an exclamation point. That's the project Billy's been doing lately. Uh, do you want to tell them quickly about that? Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the the about um, basically this bear who's allowed to live with uh, this woman, her woman and her son, this the kid, the kid's played by by Jackson Jackson Beretta, uh, and the mother is played by Christina Beretta, and it's just something we wanted to do during this time, just to have some fun, maybe a little humor during this hibernation period since he's a bear, uh, and it's just fun little quick shorts about yes. their experience with this pain in the neck bear. Yes. It is. Um, uh, what else? Uh, uh, also, just quickly, I just did something. Um, my our, our cousin Jolie connected me with uh, the Austrian ambassador to the United States who was working on a project uh, called No Place Like the Future. And it's about uh, bringing uh, people from different countries together, an artist from Austria and an artist from the US and bringing them together and having them create something even though they're far apart and we're living in this Corona uh, virus uh, world and seeing what they can come up with and creating projects together. So I was teamed up with uh, a lovely, incredible <laughs> artist and puppeteer, Nicholas uh, Habjan. And he's so good. His character's so great. Yeah. His name is uh, Bertie Blockwart. And uh, he's this <laughs> creepy old looking guy who looks out his window and yells at people for not wearing masks and things. Anyway, so we've teamed up those two characters. They do a Zoom chat together and it's really fun. So if you get a chance, go to www.noplacelikethefuture.org, www.noplacelikethefuture.org. And there's other artists there, John Malkovich, teamed up with uh, amazing Austrian playwrights and musicians. It's all kinds of great artwork and projects. So please check that out. Cool. And what else, Gene? Well, well, we're going to come back in the middle of the show to connect with the people and answer questions through the, the chat stream. So um, 
stay close to the chat stream. We might even be uh, watching that during the pre-recorded segment to take down some questions for later. And then we're going to yeah. come back at the very end and spend more time with you after our visit with Frank Oz and Dave Goals. Right. Um, tell uh, me about next week's show. Next week's show. Next week, we have uh, three great guests. We have Alton Brown, the uh, cooking culinary phenomenon, uh, as you all know, from Food Network and the Cooking Channel and Iron, uh, Iron Chef America. He's incredible. Uh, he has a new show called Quarantine Kitchen, Q-U-I-T-C-H-E-N, uh, with his lovely wife, Elizabeth. And uh, so he's going to be joining us. And also, uh, Gene, you want to mention who most else? Importantly, is going to be with us? Most importantly, most importantly, he's he's a close personal friend with the Swedish chef. That's good. That's true. Know. We did a little bit. If you go check out their show, there's actually a piece that we did. With the, the Swedish chef joined them for one of their shows. I had a that was a lot of fun to do. Also, and in then the show, you were about and yeah, yeah, yeah. Emmy-winning designer, builder, art director for Sesame Street, Muppet supervisor, then became the VP at the New York Workshop. Art director on Sesame Street, Ed Christie, is going to be with us. So that's Legend. really exciting. Legendary. To, together, the, the legendary yes. Ed Christie, yes. <laughs> together with Ed Ith, who's an artist, sculptor, and character designer who has worked with the Muppets many, many times yeah. in the Jim Henson Company, and even Spielberg and Lucas and Coppola. Why do we have them both? Because... Two Eds are better than one. <laughs> oh, that is hysterical. You are crazy. Your comedy. You are too funny. Ed actually designed uh, Ed, Ed designed Johnny Fiamma. Yeah. Ed Ith. Ed Ith, yeah. Uh, among many, many others. Uh, Happy Time Murders characters as well. Um, what else? Are we there yet? Uh, finally, take a moment and uh, go to our YouTube page. This is our, our uh, shameless plug. Please subscribe so we can keep doing these things. This is a great show you're about to see. There's stuff that Dave and Frank talk about that I just, uh, I've known them for almost 30 years and uh, things I hadn't heard. And we just had so much, the four of us, so much fun together, uh, laughing and teasing each other. And these two are in rare form. So <laughs> I think people are going to really like this. If you go take a minute to subscribe, we'll be your best friends. I promise. Well, Gene, I'm also revising Gene my was... I'm revising my will at the moment, and I may just remember you. you know, oh, think about that. Wow. Yeah. Just subscribe. Saying, just saying. Can't it's promise. Great but memorabilia. Just you could will some memorabilia <laughs> to you. Yeah. All right. Are we good? Do we okay. Go? Let's give the intro. Let's right? do it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Frank Oz, director, creator, partner of Jim Henson, fascinating individual, amazing human being, mm, not so patient sometimes, sweet, <laughs> generous, loving man, voices of every favorite character you've probably ever had, and Dave Goals, amazing, funny, a brilliant mind, uh, a memory that just doesn't quit in all details. He remembers everything. His characters are phenomenal. I love him dearly, and I hope you really enjoy this. Here they are. Vegetarian. Yes, vegetarian. Fellow vegetarian. Let's hand it over to pre-recorded Gene and Billy. Gene, Billy. Pre-recorded Gene and Billy. Take it away.
Thanks, guys. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's such a team. I know. Aren't they great together? The chemistry. You know, it's the chemistry from all those years uh, living yeah. in the same place. So and very, uh, and, and pro very professional, too. And I think they're better looking live. For sure, for sure. You know what I mean? Not, you know as, I mean? not as pixelated, at least. Right. I think they're yeah. really handsome live. Uh, so should we just bring on our guests? I don't think they need any introduction. Well, we did it better live, I think. Oh, yeah. See, we're not as good live. I right. mean, we're not as good recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay, here they again. come. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. Start. I just clicked it. Why'd you do Can that? We can edit. No, wait, now he's coming. Oh, sorry, right, Frank, go sorry. Sorry. <laughs> St sorry. Is a screw up. Sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you stop? That was good. Wait, now I get it. I'm just picturing him shaking his head. We should have left it. Here we go. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what a team. Aren't they great? They, Aren't they great? It's that chemistry from all those years together. Yeah, and very professional too. You know what I mean? They're very, very professional. Yeah. yeah, and a lot much better looking live. That's what I was going to say. Much better looking, like really handsome when they're live. Less pixelated. It, it works. Yeah, yeah. Should we get to Should, our guests? Yeah, let's bring them on. Are you ready? Are you ready well, for our thing? And we don't need to do an intro because we did it live. The better pair did it. Yeah. All right, here they come. Here's Frank Goss and Dave Goals. Yep. There they are. Hey, which, which one one's you, Dave? Frank? Which, which one's one Dave? Which Frank? Wait, who does the voice of Bert? Who does Bert? Oh boy, yeah, this is a mistake. Frank. Frank. <laughs> How red I am. <laughs> hey guys, come on back. Come on back. I'm it's here. Okay. I'm here. I'm a good sport. Hey guys. Is is that the level of humor we're <laughs> just 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 a fair warning, that's all I wanted. That's okay. We thought we just I'm, 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 I'm the same color as Billy's curtains right now. <laughs> Hi guys. Welcome. Hi. Yes, welcome. Thank you so Which much is, for doing this. Which one is Gene? Um, um, where's my wallet? Yeah. I think, yeah, I am. I am today. Oh, yeah, that's Gene. Yeah. Uh, hi. Thank you for, hi. uh, for doing this. You guys are swell. We really, well, it's really zipping along, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so, so do you want me to just jump right to a question? Dave, is that, you ready for no, something? I don't know. I've never been on your show before, so I don't know really how, how it works. Well, it's really just about um, interacting and, and uh, sometimes we'll ask a question and um, sometimes we'll uh, ask each other questions. It just depends. Just How depends. original. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's a format that you could... On the really good shows, we provide answers. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to see if we could start with... Click. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, and I don't, you know, you let me know how you feel about this, but I want to ask you guys about starting actually kind of with your childhood, where you guys came from. Because I don't think we, a lot of people. We, we didn't live together. Right. I get that. But you're both from we, the West Coast. 
Yes, but Correct. well, not originally. Uh, oh. Were you born, uh, Dave? Well, I, I think that you were going to talk about yourself, it seemed like, and then you thought, oh, I'm just jumping in and being selfish. I'll ask Dave. But I think you should just go ahead with your thought, your original thought, your original no, I, impulse. No, my impulse is to ask you where you were born and then ignore you afterwards. But I needed that, that answer first. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd want to go there. Why don't you tell about, you know, Belgium and England and the whole World War II thing. And then we'll get into the... I, uh, I was in World War II. What? Yeah. Uh, young? I, uh... Very young. <laughs> okay, okay, real fast. Because Dave has just kind of pushed me into it. I was born in England, in Hereford. We moved to Amsterdam. We were six months, when I was six months old. My parents and I, after about five years after the war, 1951, we immigrated to uh, Montana. Then from Montana, after six months in Montana, I went to Oakland, California, and that's my hometown. What, Are what, you happy, what? Dave? When you were in Montana, wait, wait. I never wait, asked sorry. you this. Did you I have chaps? Did you have a pair of chaps when you were in I'm Montana? I'm sorry. I, I think Bill is the moderator. Okay. okay. Dave prefers this format, I think. In this corner? <laughs> but why, why did your parents uh, keep moving? Was there something your father, like one of your parents, something they were work-wise, or was it just you after wanted to the move war, west? My, yeah, my, my father in the, was in the Dutch Brigade, and after the war, uh, he wanted to get out of Belgium. It's too small for him. He just wanted a larger place, and he wanted a better life for his kids. So in hmm. uh, 1951, we uh, took a uh, boat across the Atlantic wow. uh, at, uh, with a hurricane there. I remember, uh, what, the only thing I remember is tables going in the air because it was a hurricane. Oh, my God. Wow. And then, and then uh, we ended up at Ellis Island. And then Ellis, after Ellis Island, we had to go to Montana because in order for uh, it to be legal, there had to be somebody who could be responsible for us financially for six uh -huh. months. Right. So the person who uh, got us there because my dad got a job uh, basically put us in a garage for six months. Uh, uh -huh. And then my dad hitchhiked from Montana down to Oakland and got a job. And then he called for us. Uh, he brought us down by train. And then he found an attic for us to live in. Oh and my gosh. Uh, and that's, that's the typical immigrant story until he had enough money to rent a house. And what a, so like a, what a strong guy. Like, yeah. <clears throat> real and, force. And, like, what couldn't be stopped, right? And, and strong woman. And, and during the and war, woman. there were some extraordinary things they went through. Yeah. Right. And so was it you and your brother? And it was me. And my brother, I was when I, we were in uh, uh, 1951, I was about five, my brother was about seven. Uh, and I, I tell the story a lot because I think it's so amazing. Okay. Uh, my father uh, was at Grand Central Station with us and he put me and my brother and my mom on the train to Montana, but he didn't have enough for a ticket for himself. So wow. he was, he was going to hitchhike. To Montana, which he did. He hitchhiked from New York to Montana. But as he was leaving, my mom said, "Oh, Isidore is his name. Are you going to be okay?" And I love this. This is, the, this is the this is what America should be like today. He said, "What could go wrong? It's America." Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. beautiful. I had that's no what, idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gosh. And so, Davy, so you grew up in? Uh, did you grow up in Burbank? Is that where you were born? 
I did. Well, I was born in Glendale, and I, I grew up in the first two years up in the Gold Rush country where my dad was from, little town oh, wow. called Sonora. And then uh, when I was two, we moved to Burbank and stayed there throughout, throughout college until I went off to work. Right. What did your dad do? He was a mechanical engineer. And he was an interesting guy because he did not, have a, he did not go to college and he didn't have a degree, but he had a tremendous aptitude. And so he started out during the war working. I took a sheet metal working course and then he was immediately made the instructor as soon as he graduated because he was just good at it. And then he worked in R&D labs in a couple of places, fabricating experimental things. And then he became uh, head of the engineering department of a company called Halliburton, which um, made those aluminum cases. Now they're called zero cases. A different company bought them. But, uh, hmm. you know, the things that photographers used to always use and airline pilots would travel with Halliburton cases is brushed aluminum cases. Yeah. So they're kind of a classic thing. Anyway, he was there for a long time. And, and then he did a couple other jobs later. But, but he I, was a self-made man. I mean, he, he was the head of the engineering department without mm. even going to college. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I don't mean to keep influence. stealing. Can I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Gene. I think you can ask the same thing. I was just going to say, did some of that influence your decision to go into industrial design? And yeah. It, it totally did. You know, from the time I was a kid, my dad taught me to make things, and he made things for me. He made wonderful things. In fact, I'll, be, I'll, I'll go get one. I'll yeah, right great. Right. Awesome. In the meantime, I, I have I have an ashtray I can show you I made in eighth grade. Did that help? Yes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump back in. Yeah, Davey, yes. I got this stuff. So when I was a little kid, I loved cars. My dad loved cars. His father was the first Ford dealership in the Gold Rush country and obviously loved cars. And so my dad made this from me, for me from a Tootsie toy. Oh, wow. And it's oh, basically, you know, Tootsie, Tootsie toy was like a 29 cent toy car. It's just a... Real cheap, simple die casting, and um, look at that. The expensive toys were dinky toys, and I had a few of those too. But he took this, which actually was a dream car from from the early fifties, made by Harley Earl, designed by Harley Earl for General Motors, called the Buick Y Job, and it was just the most beautiful car. It still exists in in a museum somewhere. But what my dad did was he took the Tootsie toy mechanism out and he put springs in, so. They, oh, it has suspension wow. front and rear, <laughs> and it also has steering, so the car will steer. So I learned how to drive. Oh my gosh! When I was about cool. four years old, when he supplied. Oh, cool. What's the, what's the material? Well, the body is diecast um, hot metal, and the he used a piece of uh, spring steel for the spring, and then he riveted this tiny axle together and. May, it turned the wheels and then used O-rings for the tires. But, you know, this is the kind of thing he would do for me. And with this little tiller, I could steer it. So uh -huh. it would steer like that. And literally, I could park a car by the time I was four. <laughs> I knew you know, steering worked. It reminds oh. me of that uh, design you did, in a way, of the car. Well, it is something like that. I have to take you to that one. I don't know why I remember that, but I, I well, it that is, always made an impression on on me at that design you did of that car. It is similar. This is the, the car I made for the Fisher Body Craftsman's Guild. Let me see, where's the shot? It's a car that is one twelfth scale, and I oh, right. won the first place in 1967. It's completely so fabricated wrong. from scratch. It's fiberglass so body, brass bumpers and wheels. And so I spent about a year making that. And yeah. won a uh, scholarship, 
that was $5,000 at the time. Today, it would be about $35,000. Wow. I was partly through college. But, you know, my dad taught me so much stuff. And that was the great gift because what he was really teaching me was problem solving, how to Mm. tackle a problem. And it was usually by defining the problem. This is another thing he made later. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great, great also there. suspension and steering. This is made out of sheet aluminum and he, and it isn't even painted. He made the most beautiful welds on aluminum and uh, made a stake, a stake bed for it. Oh my uh, gosh. For, well, actually it's eight rear tires and all suspended. Uh, <laughs> and then the steering wheel does this. So anyway, Dave, Dave, did he have a workshop down in the basement or something? We didn't have where did he basement. do the work. Where did he do the work? Uh, he did it at work at Halliburton. Oh. Uh, those things, and uh, he later built a workshop in our garage and made furniture too. But he was a guy who could figure out anything and, and make anything, and it was a huge influence on me growing up. I was so so lucky. Wow, you know? I love what you said there about part of this big part of or maybe the biggest part of solving a problem is defining it and that yes it works across the board in any profession it does it works for everything and yeah. what i love about that was that he never consciously gave me that message he never he, but he would just do it you know he really like hmm. i remember being uh, 11 or 12 and i was trying to make a a revell model car kit and it, revell has lots of pieces it was hard to get everything held together to cement it and, you know, he would come over and I would almost have a tantrum. I'd just be like, ah, and uh, he'd come over and he'd say, okay, what's, what's the problem? And so we would figure out, okay, well, we have to make a tool to hold this together while we glue that on. Hmm. You know, so what's that tool going to be? How, what do we need? Well, we need to hold it in. So would a rubber band work? Would a clothespin work? And, you know, he would just lead me through problem solving and it hmm. applies to everything in my life. So... My dad was right there helping me all the way and showing right. me how to do things. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to, awesome. I think we're probably going to end up bouncing back and forth here because there's a interesting parallels. Cause I'm also now curious, Frank, about how your I'm influence. Sorry, can, I, can I, can I get you something I want to show you also? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's it is, it's, it's like a, uh, you put it on the bathtub. It's a whole new idea. What do you and mean? It's, like, oh. it's, it's flat. And you can just, what you can do is you can put it in a, uh, over the drain. And, and what and does it do? It stops no, the water. The and, and then when, so, you're, when you're not I'm sorry, doing what? it. When it you're stops not, the water. Yeah, it stops the water from going down the drain. It's a whole well, You can take a bath. Yeah. And, does and, and it, when, does and, it capture loose hair? And you can do this too when you're not using it for water. I just wanted to share that with you. And did, did your Frank, father did you help you with that? Yeah, did huh? you invent that? Did your father help you with that? No, I bought it in the store. Oh. Oh, I, oh okay. he showed you where the store was. No, I just... Well, I... I, uh, <laughs> I, feel, this, I feel the sting of that, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but what? I seriously want to know, Frank, did, what was your influence? Because, well, no, I should ask you this. Were you always... Um, I don't know how to answer you. Because I'm not sure... Okay, I'm going to ask you this. I can edit, by the way. Just let you know. Do you, do you want me to ask it? Maybe. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. When did okay, you yes. first? How, what, how much influence was Dave on my life? Yes. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. How, you, want an, you want an answer? Yes. No. I, what I want to know is your dad's influence on you as far as 
kind of leading you into what I would think at first was this world of puppets and entertainment. I don't know what influence. Uh, Davey, you knew him, and Billy, you knew him a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, 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 but, but I mean, as a kid, were you, was he, were there puppets around? What made you want to well, create? My, my reason was uh, psychological, because I didn't think much of myself. I had very low self-esteem. And, and I think a way to express myself, I remember I was always with boxes and wires. I was always making like robots, you know, uh, and, uh, essentially that there was like a howdy duty puppet. I was about 11 years old and I, I strung it and I strung it the wrong way. And my dad showed me how to string it. And then hmm. after that, I started doing for years, my own birthday party shows. And, but mainly because uh, in order to express myself, I, I was too frightened to express myself in front of people. Right. Uh, and this is only later in life did I learn this. So I expressed myself in a safe way. So if I was rejected, say by Dave, then the puppet would, would, would be rejected, not me. And also, what's really way good about that, Frank? What's uh, really good about that is that you use visual aids when you're talking. So you said in front of people, and back before that, like back behind you. Did I do? Did I do this? Yeah. Yeah. You went back then, with like it's it's in the corner. Because it was it was further back than that. Yeah. Oh, that's even further. Isn't it yeah. remarkable though that it's so easy to understand you when you're talking because of these gestures? If I, I wasn't even talk, listening and I could understand. If I didn't talk, okay, let's try this. We went over the up there. Yeah. Did that helped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we went, went up there. there. Mm -hmm. We Go went ahead. up there. Tell us some more with your hands. Huh? What? And we had These? a wash. You wash your hands. These? You wash your hands. These? Up there. I didn't hear you. Get you need to gesture more. We're trying to figure out what you're saying if you just use your hands. Can we just try and guess what you're trying to say with just hand gestures? No. <laughs> I'm not. There was a I'm shake not, of the head. Like this. That was I'm, no. I'm not a monkey on a chain here. I'm not going <laughs> to entertain you. <laughs> you did it again. You went, you went no. And we knew that you meant you weren't no. going to do it. You weren't going to play along. No. Yeah. Do you have something else to show us, Dave? <laughs> oh, look at the concern on your face. The little furrowed brow. <laughs> okay, let's jump. What's on the back wall there, Dave? Can you show us a few things on the back yes. wall? I could maybe show you a few things. Could, could you? I could love you see in your studio. Frank space. will behave himself and not. <laughs> All right. Um, we, just recently, we did. Are there a, things about me that you could show? A lot of stuff about just me. I don't have anything about you. You're too new. What? You're what? too new. I don't think I've got new. anything about you. Thirty but years, I, Dave. How huh? many of my art? In thirty years. I know. Nothing? That's just you just got here. You Give got me nothing? a chance. Damn. Um, this is something that came up. We did a let me think for a second. We we did a Muppet Guys talking performance, uh, you know, event online, like kind of like this. And there was a guy in the audience who wrote to Frank's wife, Victoria. He wrote to her and he said, um, I I'm in my forties now, but when I was eight years old, I sent a painting to Dave. And uh, he said he was going to, he wrote back and said he was going to put it in his office in a frame. And I just saw it in the uh, webinar. And this is it. This is that painting. And th I thought it was so beautiful. It's a picture of Gonzo with two chickens. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was such a beautiful Liquitex painting that I've, I've had it on the wall for 30 years. Wow, cool. Yeah. But nothing of mine for 30 years. Well, I don't think I have anything of yours. I don't think you ever gave me anything, Bill. I've given you love and support 
Yeah, but you can't put that on the wall. I'll uh, well, send you a picture then. Gene, Gene has some questions actually that we got from some uh, some viewers. Can we ask you guys a, a question oh, wait, from wait. somebody? Sure. You have, you have viewers? Yeah. Oh, okay. all five of them. Not at the they moment. Submitted a question. <coughs> well, let's see. <laughs> let's start with um, as a puppet builder, Dave, for the Muppet Show. Did you find it easier to bring the characters to life? This is from Joe Peak, by the way. As a puppet builder for the Muppet Show, did you find it easier to bring the characters to life and find their personality when you had a uh, hand in making them and had seen them in their development from foam to final puppet? That's a good question. Did I find it easier to, to make them because I was a puppeteer or did I find it easier to be a puppeteer because I was making no, it, it, it was the character. Second, the latter. Was it easier yeah. to bring the, the, the life character the to, life. to life? The character to life. If you made it. You know, I don't know, because I, uh, from the time I got interested, it was, it was around the time that I met Frank, I, I was making puppets. What? That's no, not... I'm, it, it's like I ended your career since you met me. You <laughs> ended my first career, yeah. Dave, um, did you just change your glasses? Yes. It's not going to work for editing. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. They're the same frame, num frame model. They're just uh, a little darker. Got it. Go ahead. It's, you can fix it in the in the color mix. It's fine. Okay. So, um, oh God, this is just so difficult with the people involved. <laughs> <laughs> I just, what was it? I oh yeah. So I I, st I I really got hooked on Sesame Street. I mean, I had been a Muppet fan for a long time. I got hooked on Sesame Street in 1972, and I met Frank that summer because I I just happened to find out about a festival and went to it and met him there. Um, but right off the bat, I was making puppets and performing them, and I did have some kind of aptitude for it. It was, it was easy to do, and uh, for me, it's a, so I made them and performed them. And you know, I didn't envision a career. I, just, I was just curious about what Jim and the guys were doing because I loved their work so much. And I, yeah. I didn't really go there to try to get a job. I just went there to, to see who made this stuff. Mm, yeah. I don't have a good answer for that because look, it, what fed into it was I, I loved puppets when I was five. I was a, trained as a designer. I was trained by my dad from a young age to make things. Mm. And, uh, and I loved silliness, you know? I couldn't really be a real engineer because it was too serious. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think all of it fed into the fact that I loved characters and I loved goofy behavior. My dad, that was another thing that came from my dad. We would sit at the table, uh, breakfast table on weekends for an hour, hour and a half. And he would tell me stories about growing up in Sonora, which was in the gold rush country in, in California, up in the Sierra foothills. And all these characters that he grew up with, like, you know, uh, Pup, Pup Cole, Duck Harold, uh, Pukey Burden. And Pukey got his nickname because there was a theater, a movie theater in Sonora, and it was very, very narrow, and it was bent in the middle. So like you couldn't sit in the right rear seat because <laughs> you couldn't see the whole screen if you're back there. But it had a balcony, and Pukey got his nickname when he, he threw up off the balcony, and, and it landed on a lady <laughs> below. And, and I kept hearing about these characters, and there was, a, there was just all sorts of funny stories from my, my dad's childhood that made me love character. I think he loved character, too. He just loved it. He loved human foibles and how what what a what a what a what a folly life is. So mm. he, I learned that from him, I think, and I yeah. 
I, all that we stuff fed into making puppets and performing them. Also, low self-esteem as well, I, like Frank. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Frank cured his, so it's not been as good for us since. But um, that it, seems it, to be consistent with a lot of performers, just across the board. Low self-esteem and needing some sort of uh, validation. And um, well, I think you're right. I think I've seen that a bit among performers, but um, there are two kinds. There's the kind that wants to get direct approbation from the audience, and then there's the other kind that doesn't want the audience to see them at all. <laughs> like, that's really low yeah, right. And so we're <laughs> hiding and doing the characters. And I still like it that way, because the, the big benefit is that you have complete freedom. You know, our characters are well known, but I can go anywhere I want to go. And I yeah. love that. I really treasure it. I wouldn't want to be known. We're going to edit you out of this just to help oh, with the anonymity. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Frank, you, did you go, go to college or were you going to go to college? Because you were young when you started with Jim, right? Did you go to college after high school? or how did I, you... after, I, I was doing puppet shows in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, until I was about 18. And I'm stopping this uh, to make some little side money, 25 bucks a show, 30 bucks a show. Oh. And... Uh, uh, I wanted to be a journalist, uh, so I went to uh, first had my uh, rucksack trip alone in uh, Western Europe, staying in a few hostels, and then I came back and uh, studied journalism at Oakland City College. Uh, oh no, at that time it was called Oakland Junior College. So I was six months into that, and Jim remembered seeing me perform a couple of years before, and so he uh, asked me to come join him and uh, wow. part time, part time, and wow. uh, I just stayed ever since. Was, I, was, I, continue, I continued, I told my parents I would continue. So I did, I was in the village and I'd take the subway up to CCNY, way uptown for history and such. But eventually I was just learning too much of Jim and so I, I stopped that. Were you part-time when you were doing the Jimmy Dean show or were you full-time? I was really part-time at that point. You were? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so- Because it, you... it was supposed to be a few months and see how it worked. And Jimmy <laughs> Dean came out. We started Jimmy Dean about a month after I came there. So, where did you well, live, Frank? If it was if it was temporary, where did you where did you live? Uh, I lived in the village. Yeah. Is that Jones Street on Jones Street? I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but even though it was ten years apart, in such a huge city as Manhattan, we both lived on the same one block block long street. <laughs> you lived at twenty two, you said, and I was directly across the street at twenty five. Wow. 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 <laughs> that's that. weird. And John's Pizza on the end and everything. Well, that's changed because there was, it used to be a whole, when were you there? I was there in the late 70s, early yeah, 80s. So, early yeah, 80s. I was there in the uh, uh, mid 60s. And so at that time, there was the uh, uh, fish cellar with a big blonde wife outside and there was the bakeries and there's the little girls in communion dresses, a whole different village at that time. That's amazing, wow. Gene. That's really yeah, amazing. I know. One block long. Yeah. <laughs> but I got, Oh, sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry, I just have a question about Frank moving to Manhattan, because I know when I moved there in the 70s, it traumatized me. I just, I just couldn't adapt. But Frank, you seem to just take to it when you got there. I was excited. Yeah. I always, in my heart, felt I was an East Coast person and not a West Coast person. So right. it, just, it fit. How would you oh, yeah. even know if you'd only been on the West Coast? I don't know. There was something about me that I, I felt... You know, I wasn't an outdoorsman. I mean, I played a lot of sports, but I, you know, I didn't go to the, I didn't surf, I didn't go to the beach, I didn't stuff like that. So I felt more 
uh, more city that I did uh, out there. And so when I came here, it just, uh, huh. it just felt right. right. That's incredible. Incredible. Do you, do you remember, I don't think many people know or have ever heard what, what was a, a shooting day like on the Jimmy Dean show? I've always been curious, like what, what do, like you went in and was there rehearsal who wrote it? Did, was it live? How long, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just curious what the, a day was like to go shoot. Yeah, what happened was, it went on for two or three years, I think. What happened was uh, we got the scripts and the- Who wrote uh, the scripts? Oh gosh, uh, Telvin Wright, Buddy, Buddy- So they were the show's writers, it wasn't Will Glickman, Jim? Yeah, Will Glickman and uh, Buddy, I forgot. Okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so they would, you know, the show would be written, we'd do a read through. Uh, we'd, uh, if we were part of the dance number as far as puppet goals, we'd, just, you know, we'd hang out there. But essentially what we did was we did the rehearsal and then between the rehearsal and the air, Jim, who was not a performer, uh, really, he didn't feel comfortable <laughs> performing, would be told by this old guard, almost burlesque kind of writer buddy, how to deliver lines uh, with Rolf. Oh, wow. And, and so, so Buddy helped him because Jim just wasn't that kind of a performer. And so we would then, he, we'd get to air, and then uh, you know, we'd be behind that bench, and I'd be the right hand, he'd be the rest of it. And, uh, play around with Jimmy and then what we'd do, it was called live tape at that time because we would keep the audience and we'd go for about an hour, 15 minutes or so. Right. And then uh, we knew an, uh, about an hour later, they'd air the show. So we would then go to a restaurant, have dinner and then see the show. Wow. And then yeah. they were long pieces, weren't they? I mean, not, I, not that long. Well, I mean, I've watched one that was, and I, I looked because I thought, how are you guys now, especially Jim, how's he staying up for all this? But it was like almost seven minutes, which you know that can. Yeah, get but if, you. if if that's the case, then you know that there's a that there's that that thing to lean on to. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, still, the, the, it just the doesn't feel like. Playboard. But also, you know how strong Jim was. Jim was incredibly strong. Well, well that, I guess that was my point. Like, there aren't many of us that can kind of really sustain comedy character <laughs> and holding it up and making it work. No, Jim long, is amazing. You know? Jim is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jack, take, give you another question from the viewers. Oh yeah. How about this? Um, I'm sorry. Did you one. say how about this? How about this? A little English thing. How about this, eh? All right. Yeah. What's the most memorable experience you had finding a character? Did that experience start with a script, a voice, a mannerism, a puppet, a drawing, or something else? Billy? Dave. <laughs> yeah, Billy, how about you? No. I'm, I want to hear what you guys... By the way, I'm sorry, that was from Fred Chong Rutherford, I should mention. Every, every character I've done has come differently. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason. Um, uh, that, that, you know, some it's, uh, I get it right away, and sometimes it takes a year, and sometimes working with writers and the other performers and Jim, and it, they're, all, they're all different. No. Hmm. How are you, Davey? Well, I, for me, I probably came from that love of characters and their, their foibles, you know, that, that my dad would talk about. And we, we would always, it, it, it gave me an eye for people who, who uh, were somehow blocking their path, their own path. Hmm. You know, somebody <laughs> has just got a, a sort of crucial flaw. And yeah. so what I did 
unwittingly for a long time until I figured it out was I found those things in myself that came from me. And um, I was able to isolate one and amplify it for a character. For example, just happened to have something on the wall for this. I love this show. We're going Hotel. to the wall. This is a painting that was done by Bruce McNally, uh, who was an incredible artist who did a lot of Muppet illustrations for products and print and so forth. Um, and it, he, I commissioned this. I actually asked him to paint this for me. And it oh, is wow. a, uh, uh, a rendition of the characters that I had done, or the main ones I had done as of the mid 80s. And so you going a little see, bit closer. Oh, I'm going in. I'm going in. Okay. So okay. What you see, it's a line of characters. And so on the begin on the left side is large Marvin, who is uh, like an only yeah. child. He's insecure about his food. I don't know if you can you see that well enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, so he's over at the edge of the line of characters, um, making sure nobody gets his food. <laughs> right. Mm. And then there's Beauregard, who is just kind of a sort of a dim-witted janitor kind of a guy. Yeah. And um, then there's Rugby Tiger, who was this bright, little, uh, very self-centered, but in an innocent way, tiger that was from The Secret Life of Toys. Uh, actually, the first one, Large Marvin, was from Fraggle Rock. Beauregard was from The Muppet Show. Rugby Tiger was from The Secret Life of Toys. Bunsen Honeydew from The Muppet Show. Always measuring, very precise, making sure he got it right. Comes from low self-esteem as well, trying to get it right. Gonzo, as you see here, and then there's me, and I, this is a taken from a picture of me when I was a little kid, and uh -huh. so that that was really the origin of all these characters. It was all embedded way back then, you know. Yeah. Boober Fraggle, same thing, worried, fear-based. Uh, Philo the Rodentia, he was on the trash heap in Fraggle Rock as a sort of a shill. Then there's Traveling Matt, who was a Fraggle who was an explorer, but he was oblivious and he was clumsy. Yeah. And uh, he was also couldn't couldn't admit his mistakes. And these are all part of, you know, our things. Like I used to go into elevators with my friend Mark Waxman. And we would, <laughs> we always, we, you know, we would be in an elevator together and somebody would come in. They would just have the tiniest little stumble coming in the door. And we just lost it. And we still do. <laughs> we're in our flipping 70s now. And if we're in an elevator or we're anywhere and somebody has the tiniest little faux pas, we cannot stop from laughing. Yeah. It, it, we'll never get over that. So Matt is kind of based on that kind of thing. And then the world's oldest Fraggle who gets everything wrong because he's old and senile, uh, but he blames his assistant on everything. And that was just fun. Um, Cause you, you know, we really don't want to have to cop to things ourselves. Mm. Then from uh, labyrinth, this is Didymus and he was kind of a, a crusader he was in these are all parts of myself you know he was hell-bent on rescuing and then zoot the sax player at the other end kind of off by himself just digging his sax hmm. so anyway bruce that's bruce amazing that for me and, it, yeah. and it's a treasure it's absolutely a treasure we know um the dog has now taken my chair while i was there. <laughs> um Frank, have you met the dog this no do you know what, what, do you know rocket frank do you know rocket name? no yeah, this is Rocket, my, my pup. He's he won't he won't give me the chair. Come on, come on my lap. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say that. Uh, All right, we'll just I, share the chair. I, I'm a I've always been like a huge people watcher. That's I just love watching people and I love seeing them, you know, <laughs> react in situations or 
you know, like you said, Dave, a little tiny stumble maybe. Oh. Um, but my mother, she was a, a, a public relations person at Bloomingdale's in our hometown. And she would put on shows and things. But I would go to visit her sometimes during her lunch break. And her favorite thing to do was to stand at the bottom of the escalator, the down escalator. <laughs> we would stand against, there was like the cosmetic area. And we would stand there facing the escalator. And as people came down, she would give them names and backstories. You know, she would say, <laughs> here comes Irving and Ida. You know, it's their 30th anniversary tomorrow, but he'd rather be at home. Like she would create, a <laughs> and we would just laugh, you know? And, uh, mm. and so I was always thinking like that when I would see people, I try to think about who are they? What's their story? You know, what, what are, what are they up to? I love that. I just yeah. love that stuff. Yeah. Well, I have a story from when I was uh, five. Do I have to go I to the wall? I have a. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh. Yeah, right? yeah, what's good? Yeah, Ron. The jacket, the jacket's Ron. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, is this? Is that straight? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, right out. Ron, have a nice straight. Or oh, what? what? What's what's that? Yeah, what's that on. you said? No, we're on. There's Alton Brown on on the stream. Yes, Alton uh, Brown. 3 p.m. Yes, on, on next Saturday. Thank you. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow, incredible. We're on, boy. Right. How's my everything's good? How natural. Yeah, we're back. Um, we're going to just hang out with you for a little bit, um, answering some questions. I almost fell into yes. English accent again. You got a couple. Um, I, why don't I start with great. this? I pulled some while we were in uh, while we were doing the uh, showing the video. Josh Hankemeyer. <clears throat> said that as soon as we introduced Frank and Dave, a huge thunderclap happened outside of his house, and he thinks there's another <laughs> Muppet guy up there watching. Good observation. One or two. Yeah. Greg, I don't have my, uh, I've got my computer glasses on, not my reading glasses. Greg Janover thinks we're all making a spectacle of ourselves. <laughs> it's working. Um, I got one. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, there, this is from Deborah Forth. She's wondering if uh, there's any, she's interested in hearing if there's any little Shop of Horrors stuff coming. And we're just letting you know, yes, it's coming up very soon. Some good stuff. Mm -hmm. How about this one? Uh, Bratton Hugo. Uh, why wasn't Carol Spinney and Muppet Guys talking? Well, why weren't a lot of people? Um, I think it was just uh, how it came together. Frank did it very quickly. There wasn't really a plan, actually. There wasn't a big plan to make a movie out of it. It was a kind of impromptu thing that Frank wanted to do. I think he wanted to make sure that he got Jerry in there and... Um, I happened to be around, I guess, while it was happening, and he asked me, and so that's why I'm a part of it. And obviously, Fran and Dave, there are very clear reasons why they're a part of it. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that should have been in it, but um, it just turned out to be what it was. And, again, it wasn't, it wasn't really a plan in place. So it was really just about us getting together and talking and sharing stories and being silly together. Uh, I have one here. Go ahead. Uh, from uh, Mark Williamson. Do you think Disney will green light any new Muppet movies or will it depend on the reception of Muppets now? 
And I don't think anything in the future depends on Muppets now. Uh, we have uh, the Muppet Studios uh, is going strong and there are some things being discussed and talked about and worked on and developed. So uh, Muppets Now, even though I think you guys will enjoy it, um, it doesn't, it's not going to, the success of that is not a bearing on if we're doing more projects or not. The Muppets mm. will continue. <laughs> Somebody, uh, uh, Eben Laidler, is paying us a compliment. I gen genuinely can't tell if things are scripted or being improvised, a sign of brilliance. And someone asked us to blink twice if this part is live. We do this during like what sting. Part, what part is what do they mean? Which part improvised during the discussion? During our during our breaks or during the pre-record? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what they mean. Here's one uh, from uh, Joe Appel. There is so much singing with the characters. Did any of you take singing lessons? As far as I know, I don't think so. I think we're all equally bad at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> some maybe carry a tune a little better, can stay in key a little longer. But uh, that's, the I think, the, um, the fun part about the Muppets. The intriguing part is that it's all in character. So, you know, whether you're perfectly tuned, if the heart of it is there, like the Muppets, um, then the song hopefully is successful. We try, but, you know. Somebody at Mighty Film really loves your character in Happy Time Murders. I think is well, a great character. Fun. Do you want to tell him the origins well, of that fun. character? Who you were? Who inspired you for that? Uh, he's based on my our grandfather, Mr. Paul Giordano, um, <laughs> working man, Italian American guy. Uh, that's really who it is. You know, I mean, it's not him, but it is based on some of his, the way he spoke, some of his sayings, the way he would respond in a situation maybe. Um, yeah. And actually talking about next week, having Ed Eith on, Ed Eith uh, designed Phil Phillips. Following up on Happy Time Murders, Jaden, Jaden Liebren asks if you kept anything from the movie, a prop or anything like that. Uh, I kept, uh, Jaden left a really nice jacket, so I have his jacket. It was a little zip up with a hoodie. <laughs> so I have his jacket. Jaden's a puppeteer, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I did. I was. I got a, a puppet, Melissa um, McCarthy, and her husband Ben uh, had puppets made, and so there's a puppet of me. But I, I have that. But I didn't keep anything from the the movie. All right. Should we take? Here's another one. I don't know how many of you yeah. have any left, but we should probably get back to it, right? Um, I was just going to say, here, here, you go on and I'll go on, and then we'll go back. Okay. Uh, wait, let me just see. Okay. I'm going to, you know what, Jesse, because you already are a wealth of information, I'm going to go with somebody who doesn't normally ask, maybe ask a question. So Inhuman Quake asked, will you bring back Johnny? And I'm assuming you mean Johnny Fiamma. And I, I would love to bring back Johnny. And uh, he was actually rebuilt um, beautifully, looks the same. But he had uh, decayed over many years, and same with Sal. And so they both have been refurbished. 
and uh, look amazing. And so uh, hoping we use them soon. Yeah. Yes. And finally, for this segment, and by the way, we're going to be back at the end for more questions and uh, more rapping with you. Because oh, wrap. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, Gary, Jean, Jean, before you do that, wait, can I just show Wait, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, but I do have a question, but go ahead. No, I just, uh, I've got my little birthday message from Brian. We we're just talking about Sal. Happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> he sent me my birthday text nice. from Brian as if I didn't know it was him. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, last, uh, our dear friend Peggy Etra asks if you will ever be hey. uh, come back and do a little. Yeah, hi Peggy. Ever do uh, another round of Puppet Up? Ah, uh, do we? Are there COVID restrictions? Do we have to be? How do we do that? How is that possible? Yeah. Yes, of course. I would love to come and play with you guys again. Um, it was fun when it all began and started and didn't know what it was become and look what you guys have created and turned it into. Uh, I'm yes. The answer is just yes. Of course. Thanks for a couple asking. of, a couple of my monkeys are in, are in puppet up on the racks there. That's true. One's from, uh, from, uh, uh Augie and Bill's, um, buffet. Late night buffet. buffet. Yes. All right. Should we go All back? Right. I hear Frank and Dave calling out to us. They want to come back on. Dave's okay. about to show us something again. Yeah. Go into the I wall. I have a howdy doody dummy. Just stay standing. Frank mentioned his howdy doody yeah. marionette. I had one of those too, but I had this, this dummy, which I still have. Oh my God. Oh, wow. And so I thought it would be a good idea if when my mom went to JC Penney's, if I would just go with her and then while she was shopping, I could do a show, a, a show at the foot of the stairs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't take this. I can't. I have to take advantage of that moment. What would you say? What were you saying? What do you mean? Well, like you, you enjoy other people stumbling and laughing. I just wanted to bring this up. <laughs> that I, I, I wanted you to know how, how awful they felt. I just want you to know that, okay? <laughs> Who's they? The, the people the you laugh at. We're gonna isolate that quote. But you go, you go ahead, Dave, and, and talk about your sugar. <laughs> <laughs> It, the only point of the story was that I got there and I had Howdy Doody and, you know, I had a little voice for him like this and I was five years old and I stood oh, by the stairs and I started doing a show. I started having, talking to Howdy and having him talk to me and people just walked by. Nobody paid any attention. I, I was so quiet. Nobody knew that I was doing a show there. And, uh, and I came home thinking, boy, that, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> and then it reminds I, me after that i dropped puppets for about 20 years oh. <laughs> it reminds me um frank why did you decide to stop performing lamb chop yeah, <laughs> when was that when did you make I, that choice I, I, I felt my femininity was too much on show oh <laughs> right right i wanted to keep that inside <laughs> i have a question uh, Dave, have you ever taken Frank to Santoro Subs? Uh, no, he's too suspicious of food. Uh. I tried to take him to South Indian in, in, in England once in the 80s to our favorite place, and he was so suspicious of the food that he wouldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't take him. I just don't take him to restaurants anymore. Got it. Well, I mean, I, I, well that's, in the, that's another way of saying he doesn't invite me to dinner. I see, right. Does he ever pay for it? Right. Wait, wait, I, I, <laughs> I, I, you were mumbling. I didn't hear that. No, that was very, see, that wasn't worth it, Dave, because I wasn't mumbling. You got you to gotta pick the right moment. I, I didn't understand you. I, I, oh, well, I, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because we just segued a little bit to, to England. Let me just say something. Um, what do you, do you guys prefer working or shooting in the U.S. or England? Do you have favorite crews for favorite shows? Is there a difference? As a performer? Performer, director, producer? Uh, I, 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 it, it really doesn't matter to me because it's all about the choice, the choice that the crew, uh, of the crew, the who, the heads of departments make the choices on the crews, and if they're quality people, they get quality crew. So that's kind of how I see it. Hmm. How about you, Davey? Well, I want to go back to trying to introduce Frank to food. <laughs> um, a few years ago, we uh, invited Frank and Victoria over for dinner. They come out to California once in a while, and they were going to be in our town, so we invited them over to dinner, and Frank said, well, we just want proteins and greens. And that started a negotiation. Is that, is that I'm sorry, is that, is that too far-fetched to ask for protein and greens? I'm just saying no, it I led to two so. weeks of negotiating. And I did do a book about it. I, it's called The Invitation. Frank has a copy in Victoria. <laughs> oh this, is, this is our house. And we, we invited them. And the string of emails I had to quote here because it was just so ridiculous. Um, so, <laughs> Frank says, I mean, is it okay with you if I read for some of this, Frank? Oh, like you're asking my permission? <laughs> yeah, on the spot. There's Frank, there's a picture of Frank in here. And his email goes, B and I are coming to San Francisco Thursday, and Monday the 28th, we're going to the ranch, the Skywalker Ranch, right near here. Would you love, we'd love to see you guys, since you're so close to the ranch, could we see you then? I said, this is great, come for dinner Monday. Choose your cuisine. And so we went on, and there's some things. Um, and uh, Frank, uh, well, there was some talk about things I won't mention. I said, is there an alternative to muscle tissue? How about a delicious black bean soup and Caesar salad? Frank says, that sounds wonderful. Or anything else vegan. However, you must not serve cucumbers. They are the devil's food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, we have many other things to offer. We will work with you. Anyway, it goes on for two weeks. He's, and he says, I'm not going to drink more than a beer or a glass of wine with dinner. I have to drive to Walnut Creek afterwards. I would prefer to do my drinking as I drive. And <laughs> it goes on and on and on. I put a picture of an autograph picture of Frank in it. <laughs> so so cool. on and, and, uh, and I said, I said, um, I offered a couple of cocktails. I said, you could have a Phantasm, a Ray Ray, or a Burning Mandarin. You can pre-order, or you can wait uh, for your mood on the day. And Frank says, I will give my fiance the choice, and I will get back to you. Please do not prepare it today. Wait at least until this <laughs> And it goes on. There are pages and pages of, this is like, I've never had anybody over for dinner where I had to negotiate for two weeks about every little dish. Could I just, could I just interrupt for a second? Yes, the young man holding his hand yeah. up. Yes. As I recall, as I recall, the imitation was 
choose your cuisine. It wasn't negotiate <laughs> your cuisine. I, but I could not pin you down. I could not get Frank to I, I just said yes to black bean and salad. Yeah. We, <laughs> we had black bean soup, but then we evolved. We also added a corn cake. But that had, to be a, that had to be negotiated. I couldn't why, just- Why did you do that? You why said, I, I could choose. I offered, and it was your choice whether to have it. <laughs> and then you had, we, you got here and I fixed it. I mean, it goes on, it's just so much here, I can't even find it. But we got here, we made the corn cakes, and then you ate some, and they were, by the way, really delicious. And you said, this is cornbread. This is not a corn cake. This is cornbread. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's, now he's not going to eat it because it's not a corn cake. Dave, That's the kind of thing you have to deal with if you invite Frank over. Dave, Dave, food is not devoid of nomenclature, okay? Well, that's just so, that's so erudite. <laughs> oh, my, food is not devoid of nomenclature. We're going to put the text underneath today. of his frame there in quotes. Yeah. I think you guys, the Breader boys should have t-shirts next week. Okay. <laughs> that's a good idea. Did you have any trouble, did you have a problem with the vegetarian menu or do you eat like that as well? Well, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, I know you are, but Frank, did you have a problem he, with any of the vegetarian? Dave, he, was, he was talking to me, as I recall. <laughs> um, no, I, I love vegetarian food. So does Victoria. We just like, <laughs> we just like a lower protein, that's all. And when, but let's just say something. When he talks about vegetarian food, he gets very complex with a lot of hot sauce and red, red ah. spicy stuff. And hot that's sauce. what I, I don't want. And that, and that you was not. You didn't say that at that time. I know that now. But well, at that I, point, I, I didn't boys. say I don't want an elephant either. Boys. Well, I, 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 it's an elephant is vegetarian. I wouldn't be giving you an elephant. Can we just say? Can we? Sorry, I'm really Bill. sorry. sorry no, Bill, vegetarian. Myself, I'm really yeah. sorry. I'm sorry for what happened. No, it's okay. I think it's important that you guys work this through. And I, Dave, I, I, how does it make you do that feel when ourselves. Frank says those things? Yeah. Well, it hurts me a lot. Mm -hmm. And how do you show your hurt? Well, I'll usually, I'll usually lash back at first, and then I feel, why did I do that? You know, I just yeah. let him provoke me. He always yeah. tries to do that. Yeah. That's human. And I get, I, yeah. Then I start blaming myself, and I have to stay by myself for a couple of days. You know, I'll, I will maybe play, I'll just stay at home and play with things. And, and Frank, are you able to stay open enough to receive his no. apology no. at all? No? No, no, no. I just lash out. Uh-huh. I just attack. Yeah. Right. Where that. does that come from? Where does that come from? Just a dislike of Dave, uh, uh, which Dave knows. We, we talked about this, right, Dave? Hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. When Dave and I get together, it's always this. It's always, oh, poor Dave's the victim. <laughs> poor Dave's the victim, hanging his head low, and I'm the bad guy. It's the bit. You, you don't see. Not a bit. The, you it's don't the see, bit. You don't see the real Dave. You don't see it. Oh, he, I do. Yeah, right, exactly. You know it. I do. I don't know. <laughs> I think this is where Frank, he always turns things around. He's just the... Maybe Maybe we should have a question from someone out there. Let's just, let's, okay. let's. I think you're right. Let's, let's restart, shall we? Okay. Can we, can we do that? Can we all just. Sitting out up to now. Calm yeah, blue yeah. ocean. Take a deep take breath. A breath. 
Everybody. Okay. okay, this can go out to either one of you. This is from abby.mp3. What qualities do you think make a good puppeteer? Oh, oh. Uh, who would like to start? I think Frank should start. He's oh, a that's pretty, very nice. He's very the nice. best puppeteer in the world. That's so sweet, Dave. Frank, would you like to start? I'm I'm sensing that, that, that what he said sounds wonderful, yeah. right? That yes. was a dig. That was a dig. No, no, he meant that. <laughs> he meant that. No dig. <laughs> what makes uh, a good puppeteer, Frank? Frank's so good. He's he's. Oh, I don't God, know. Wonderful. I don't know. I, I think what makes a good puppeteer is somebody who has not been brought up in puppetry. Hmm. What's a good puppeteer who has who's not been taught the wrong things? Uh, what makes a good puppeteer is somebody who is uh, not. Were, is not interested in puppets, but rather characters. Mm. Uh, you know, it's all, it, it's anti-puppet makes a great puppeteer. Because a puppet, a puppet, that's a lousy puppeteer. But, right. but, but a, a puppet that lives and breathes and you believe it, that's a good puppeteer. Can you illustrate that with your hand? By right hand or left hand? Yeah, well, you did that, 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 that as a bad. I did, I did this here. Illustrate a good one now. But I did that. No, that was the bad one. Da, 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 da. Show us <laughs> a good puppeteer now with your hand. Yeah, ah. exactly. Listening, thinking. St strong, right? Yes, grounded, real. Yep. Oh, I got it. Okay. I get it. Yes. Look, it nice. moves forward. Yeah, it's left. It looks right. at us. Good eye focus. Yeah. Right? Yeah, all of a sudden we're it's in shy. Dark. It's shy. Oh, it's trying. But this is actually what he said is really that that demonstration is absolutely true. It's uh, the character is alive and thinking and feeling. Mm. Yeah. Don Celine always said that there's nothing better than a, 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 a puppet thinking, and yeah. that's true. And that's exactly what Davey's saying. Mm. Yeah. Because if you you just saw him as shy, how did you find that out? Why do you how do you know? And stillness is important you know stop not moving all the time stopping <laughs> oh my uh, my wife you're a burglar my wife's looking for the dog i have to let him out can we so so i guess i wanted to ask you guys about because obviously you have such a fun relationship like gene and i i'm sorry brothers, i couldn't hear that what? no i'm sorry that you guys that you guys have a fun relationship Mm, that you no. yes you do gene and i have a certain relationship we know how to play off of each other no. No. and no we in don't a way, no this is real i know i know this is real but i think that's what and i'm guessing but you have to tell me i think that's what pete doctor picked up on when he wanted you guys <laughs> to be a part of the the, yeah. the film so i think i think I, so is, is that where that came from? Do you, do you have a specific conversation about no, that? Or where did, where did that come from? Pete's a good friend of ours. Davey, I imagine that's the case, right? We've all been together a lot. And he saw what the, the pathology between Frank and I and thought he could exploit it for his movie. <laughs> to his and own for end. Monsters, Inc. too, right? Was, was it Monsters, Inc. or was that just I did, you, Frank? I did, I did Monsters, Inc. Right, uh, right. P Pete didn't want Dave. He yeah, didn't like Dave for that. Got it. But Inside Out. Well, those guys, right? Yeah, it was just us. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, we had, it was, that was a fun session. We had such a ball in that session. So I was going to ask you, did you do it together then? Were you 
definitely yeah. together. Yeah. Oh, good. In fact, the engineer came over afterwards. We had done it about an hour or so. <laughs> And he came over, he said, I've been here 14 years. That was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Man, I'd love to hear what they didn't use. Yeah, oh, they, <laughs> really. a lot. Yeah. Wow. Can I ask a question? I, yes. I, I just wondered if, if any of you, like Bill or Gene or Frank, had any desire to be in show business when you were young, when you were little. Absolutely, yeah. I did. Me too. Yeah. So, so I, I, Gene? No, I was going to mention that, uh, and I know I've told this story on the, a lot, but when I was 14, we discovered Sesame Street, and it was Bert and Ernie. We were flipping through the channels, my cousin Gary and I, and we started trying to make our own, and so we wanted to do that, and I sent, at the age of 14, a letter to Jim Henson just saying, how do you make Muppets? And I, I'll grab it for you, but he wrote me back a letter with instructions. And so, yeah. you know, we had our heart set on doing some performing and I wanted to be a film director at NYU for that. So yeah. As kids, that wall. Yeah. As kids, Gene, well, he's four years older than me, but he was always the one who was inventing and deciding what we were going to do kind of with ourselves, right? Whether it was to get our grandfather's uh, eight millimeter camera and he was going to make a movie and Gene would come up with the story and he would put me in them or he was going to do an animation or he was going to make puppets, but he was the director, you know, can, producer of everything we did as kids. And so I was always in things. So I always knew because of the reaction I got from doing these things that I wanted to entertain in some way. That was always something I felt like I wanted to do. There it There's is. The old Henson uh, um, letterhead. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's yeah. just thanking me for the letter and wishing me the best on the, uh, my puppet making and stuff. What? What, what year, what year was that? This was 1974. <sighs> yeah. That was a year after I joined. That was the logo mm. that they used for Henson Associates, too, at the time. Oh, wow. I got there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely was interested because I, I just got, you know, we, had, we did family shows almost every weekend, you know, our big family gatherings and all the cousins. We did like a variety show. And so, we were always entertaining. We had a very entertaining family. So I guess I was always interested in it. Did you, know? you guys build Ernie and Bert at that time? Um, Gene, no. Gene and my yeah, cousin, picture, Gene and our cousin Gary made cowboys that kind of look like the, you know, as far as shape, uh, they kind of remind you of a Bert and Ernie if they were maybe cowboys in, in a way. Yeah. You know? We yeah. just go to the Foman fabric shop in the, in the neighborhood and, do the best we could to replicate what we were seeing on Sesame Street. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I built an Ernie in the very, very, the first thing I ever built was an Ernie. And I still oh, really? Have, I have it, but I don't have it in here. Wow. We used to, my, my, my aunt Kathy uh, used to teach the deaf mute and still does. And we would go to her school and, and do puppet shows and use the vibration of the stereo system. Yeah, uh, they would so put they the speakers. The music. Yeah, yeah, they put the speakers facing, remember the big, huge speakers? They put them facing the floor so they could feel the vibrations and the rhythm and the beat. And so everything we did was to music and confetti and, you know, like <laughs> visual kind of thing. Uh, it, you know, it's just weird to think that these were tendencies and we all had them. I, I mean, when I was 13 or 14, a friend of mine got us jobs as extras on The Parent Trap. Wow. Uh, I know that. Movie. And uh, this is a still from that. This, this was the dance scene 
And I'm over at the extreme far right there. My, I'm half cut off, but my dancing partner, her father was the head stillsman at Disney Studios. So she happened to be there because of that. We got into the scene. Um, and I was just, I just remember thinking, God, I'm inside the studio. Cause I grew up nearby, but <laughs> you know, you couldn't go in. I'm in here, I'm working. And then on top of that, I got paid $24 and 20 cents a day. Now my earning power at that point, I was in seventh grade was about $2 a day. So it was a fortune. And I, I remembered the, the money came and I just couldn't believe, I thought I've got to, I've got to be in show business. And then I didn't do it. I went the other uh, direction. I wish I could find that. Vi I have that video from that, that we oh, played yeah, yeah. when we did the, it's in the movie. I'm definitely in there. And Richard Hunt yeah, made fun of me because he noticed something that I had never, I hadn't looked at it much, but he noticed that I was dancing. And at one point I went to the <laughs> And so he would always mime that. We'd, we'd be at some social event somewhere and he would go like. <laughs> and then years later, my dancing partner, whose name was Patsy Colgrove at that time, um, she went to London and saw a play with Haley Mills in it. This is many years later, like in the, 90s maybe or late 80s and i had such a crush on her it's way up high here but you get that shot there yeah so my friend patsy took one of the stills from the movie and got Haley to sign it after backstage afterwards and she told her wow. the story and, right. uh, it's kind of a lovely little circle hey frank yeah. so you nodded when about wanting to that you were interested as a kid in entertainment you knew that you knew this is where you Something you weren't. Yeah, we, I didn't know it. No, by no means. I had no idea. Actually, I, I, I didn't want to. The other day, I want to be a journalist. But uh, right. when I was very young, I would do, you know, with neighborhood, uh, two girls through the neighborhood, and we'd do these, you know, uh, just like you guys, little shows and for your parents, you know? Right. Yeah. So it was, it was always kind of there, and that, uh, and um, it was always kind of inside. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, the, we all had those little tendencies and didn't know that they were going to uh, lead anywhere. Right. Right. I want to I want to ask Frank I, I have to selfishly ask about a favorite film of yours. Um and well, so Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorite films of yours. But there is one shot that I always get completely emotional. I just I will choke up. And it is when Rick Moranis runs up that staircase it's that crane shot and it comes up and it follows him and it comes right to her and there they come together and you see the three girls in the back it's just the whole composition of it that the emotion of that shot i wonder if you could just talk about how you came up with that and and how important the visuals are for emotion in film oh yeah i mean i i uh i planned that whole sequence actually i planned every sequence there in my head before uh, uh, like I did, I had downtown in my head for a year, all blocked hmm. out. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> but I, but I, you know, I, I think because I've worked with music so much doing my performances before Jim and certainly with Jim, uh, I, I do deal with it emotionally. So I, when, when, when I heard the music, I saw a Romeo and Juliet thing. And therefore, because of that, they didn't build the set and I use it. I asked them to build the set for the music. Right. So, uh, so I knew that was, I knew that's where the emotion went. That was 36 takes 
36 wow. takes. Running over there and doing and and, and Moranis really, must have been exhausted. And up the kiss, down the yeah. stairs. Huh. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's a lot. There's different ways to do. Everybody has their own way. People often, directors often go and say into the production designer, okay, just make it and I'll, I'll get there and I'll shoot it. Mm-hmm. And I do the reverse. I, I, uh, every single scene, I walk the distance with a production designer and imagine that this is where he's going to be. And this is where, like in, like in um, the dentist scene, for instance, arbitrarily with Justine. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, it was a, 007 was a completely empty stage. Hmm. But I knew what I wanted, and so I pretended that we were on the street with Steve, and then Steve walked to the entrance, the revolving doors, and or I'm not sure if the revolving doors or not. And we played the I played the music, and so I knew how many steps there'd be between the sidewalk and the door, and then right. because of the music, I would then know how many steps there was from the door to the entrance. And so he measured that every time I did the steps and he made it around that. Wow. Because there's so many great tempo moments in it, obviously. We says it is a musical. But like just another example of to go from, there, there's that shot where it drops down to the guy laying in the street and he goes, and you go, you know, it's just that moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's so yeah. many of those that I just, yeah, I, I, had, just I, I can watch it anytime. I had so much design, fun designing all those. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a joy. I mean, not unlike, you know, you guys when, when uh, we had the opportunity and Jim loved this, you know, in the Muppet Show, he'd think of a song or see a song and then he could see it in his mind and he can actually put it in the Muppet Show. Me, I, I do that and I, with, a, with uh, the movie and I see the whole number in my head. I, I know where people are walking and everything because the music is telling me and, and then, it's it's so much fun and then then have it all of a sudden an entire street built around the individual ideas for the songs you know yeah i have um speaking of that a viewer zach kenny asks you haven't directed a movie musical since then if given the chance again would you no no i i I like to you know i've done family i've done musical I've done heist movie. I've done comedies. I've done farces. I like to switch it around. I don't want to double up again. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather Dave, would you, the same thing. Dave, would you dance in another musical? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have to say, as much as it pains me to say it, Frank is an incredible director. His body of work is just, God, I love those films. So Thank great. you. Thank you. That, can, that, that plant, it was interesting, you know, uh, uh, David Geffen saw uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, the first film I directed, that Dave had a lot of fun on, right, Dave? Um, but <laughs> because <laughs> it, was, it was my first film and I had to be in control and it was not good. Nevertheless, so he saw that and then I did, we, we, we prepped for a year for Little Shop of Horrors without wow. having any idea how to the plant. We had no idea how to do it. Wow. Uh, and eventually in, in rehearsal, what happened was, you know, we had a very fast patter song and foam rubber does not move that fast. It just doesn't do it. And so I had no idea we were gonna do it. And we had a, a, a tape machine. And in the rehearsal room six months before, I'd be having a, a phony dummy of the plant. And as after the, that portion of the song went, I reversed it. And as I reversed it, I saw, oh shit, it's going fast. 
And that's when I thought of the idea of doing, you know, the changing the frames every time. So Steve, so Ricky was always doing 24 frames. The plant was doing 18 frames, uh, 12 frames, and the two of them were 18 frames together. Uh, wow. Because then I'd speed it up later on. It's amazing. I mean, and how many people it took to do that plan? But I know Brian was inside of it, right? He was Brian, Brian in there. Did a, Brian did a brilliant job in Feed Me. He was, he was, you can't even see him. He was right. in green and he was doing the mouth and Feed Me. And then the, and I think Mac Wilson maybe was the lips. Mac was, well, Mac and a lot of other people were the lips down below. Oh, I see. The, oh, right. You're talking about, the, you're talking about uh, the smaller plant for Feed Me. No, I'm talking about the Audrey too. Didn't you guys the do Audrey it in a too. slow? Yeah. Yeah, the Audrey two was done by about 30 people, 30, right. 50, 30 40 right. people. Uh, about uh, one was inside the head uh, doing them. And the other were, you can't see it, but there is a fulcrum back here. And there are guys like a, with a steel beam. And they're in behind the stage moving the steel beam to move the head while the guys down below, about 30 of them were doing the vines. The lip sync is um, unbelievable. That's what I wanted. I wanted, the, I wanted perfect lip sync. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it, it is. Was, and I only went $15 million over budget. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to work with Levi Stubbs. And you got to work with Levi Stubbs. Levi, Levi was great. You know, uh, we had to do this. <laughs> we had to do this reshoot because uh, nobody wanted the, uh, the ending where the plant, uh, the, where the two heroes died. Destroys, yeah. Yeah, which, which you know, fair enough because both, uh, both preview audiences hated the ending. They loved the characters. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we both knew, the writer and I both knew what they had to do. So part of the new ending <laughs> was, which I got crazy about, but nevertheless we shot it, was that the plant is electrified by, right. okay? And what we hear is- Electrocuted. We, we, huh? Electrocuted, you mean? Electrocuted, yeah, yes. sorry. Uh, Rick's hand came out of the rubble with a live wire and touched the plant and then I think a plant exploded or something. So I had yep. to get from Levi, he had to say, as soon as he was touched, he had to say, oh shit. <laughs> right. But he wasn't in London, he was in Chicago. But I had to record him. So somebody went to his house. I was on the phone. I said, action. He said, oh shit. I said, great, thanks Levi. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Man. That was it. Yeah, Levi well, was fantastic. I, well, um, also, wouldn't you want to mention the creature shop too? Because the the oh my god, the, you know the, that had the, to grow from a tiny thing to a huge thing. Well, this is this is this is uh, all yeah. All, all uh, credit should go to um, Lyle, uh, Lyle Conway. Conway. He he made it all happen. And uh, funny, the uh, you know who's the head of Star Wars now? Uh, special effects. I forgot. Oh, I feel awful. Anyway, he was in the sh he was in the crew there. All right. uh, but the creature shop started with Dark Crystal, and right. and there was so much knowledge there and people there that had kept on going with commercials and things. And so, but we didn't use this creature shop. We did it in Pinewood by with ourselves, but we used a lot of people that. We that work with Jim, you know. Oh, I see, um, right. But but it was a separate situation. It wasn't a creature shop. All mm. right. Well, I think um, I think we're had enough of you guys. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you know what good. I mean. It's enough already, right?
starting to lose my attentions. All right, can we just do our little? I'm gonna th we're gonna I'm gonna throw one word out at a, a name. Oh, I gotta you. go. Gotta go. Come on, come on. I'm gonna throw <laughs> some names at him. We're all, we're gonna alternate, and you have to say just one word. The first thing that pops into your head. Okay. You're too hard. I'm scared now. I'm gonna start with Frank, and then I'm gonna go to Dave, and we're gonna go back and forth. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Starting Frank. One word. Jerry Jewell. Wonderful. Dave Martin Baker. Huh? Oh, uh, sweetheart. Now I'm going to jump. So I'm going to keep going back and forth. You ready? Back to Frank. Peter Harris. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Flamboyant. Love him. <laughs> All right. Victoria LeBong. Brilliant. Saved Frank's life. She did. You're right. She's my wife. Mortimer Snurd. Oh. They're funny sublime funny david laser undercredited smooth nobody knows what dave really did without dave jim wouldn't have been where he was marvin hamlish i don't know marvin hamlish yeah <laughs> <laughs> impression jane henson uh jane mother henson. Hmm. Co-founder, yeah. Jerry Three Nelson. Words. Oh. Ah, love. I can't even Sorry. verbalize it. I mean, the soul of that guy and all of the characters that he brought in was one of the things that drew me to the Muppets in the first place. It was Jim, Frank, and Jerry. Mm. And Jerry had his own set of things that he could do. And he was just astonishing. Liberace. Um, can, I tell you, can I tell you a story about that? Yeah. Liberace was on the show, and I was underneath the piano at his feet because I was yeah. doing a, about a character. And I'm looking up at his hands. I've never seen hands that, the fingers that thick and stubby before. Really? It was wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jim would say, Oh, he's playing some clinkers, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Liberace. Uh, uh, a delight. Dave? Yeah. Uh, funny. Oh, gosh. It was really something because he showed up late for rehearsal. He had been up in the Midlands visiting a friend, Danny LaRue, who was an English, uh, I think he was a drag queen. And so the read-through was, at, I think, at 10 o'clock or 10.30, and he was like two hours late, <laughs> came in. And then the next day we were shooting with him and uh, it was two days later, we were shooting with him and he was wearing this sequin jacket and a, uh, he had a dress shirt on and it, right in the middle of shooting, the costume person came over and said, you wanna take that off for a second because sequins way a ton. And of course I've been, I've been raised seeing Liberace. He was an icon and uh, he took the jacket off and he had this shirt front on and I could see his body and it was just a little old man, you know? <laughs> but the facade with all of the costume was that he was a, a just a giant. Yeah. And it was just yeah. the coolest thing to see. And of course, I think at the time, I thought he was maybe 60, 65. And of course, now I'm older than that, and I too am a little old man. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, I have one more name, but what were you gonna show before we, well, no, one more name. Going back to Jerry Nelson. Here's his guitar. Oh, how'd you get that, Gene? Yeah. I was in. I was visiting Billy during Muppet Treasure Island in England, and 
uh, Jerry and Louise Gold and I were sitting playing guitar and singing, and he was playing this, and I guess he didn't want to lug it around anymore. because He didn't want to bring it home. Yeah, he didn't want to carry it home. He said, take it. That's how generous he was. So I I took it home. Yeah, wow. That's great. Yeah. All right, here's the last one, guys. Ready? Last one. One word, if you can. One word. Richard Hunt. Oh. It's, you know, it's very Spirit. hard to use words for somebody like Richard. I know, but that's, Spirit. that's you just got to try. Sorry, Frank. Spirit. 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 Davey. Giant. Nice. Well, we have to uh, say so long. We love you guys. Davey, Thank you for doing this. Davey, if I said if I said Billy, what would you say? One word. Billy? Mm-hmm. Um, mob. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> what would you say, Frank? Me? Yeah. Uh, cutie pie. <laughs> Gene, what would you say if I said Frank Oz? Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has really gone downhill fast. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll cut out like 40 minutes ago. So okay. it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks okay. so much. All right. Thank Love you. you. Bye, Gene. Talk you. to you guys. Thank Take you care. So much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. This is it. There it is. I broke the string on it just the other day. Um, <laughs> this is Jerry's guitar. Can, that, can, you, can we show that picture? Can, can, oh, yeah. Um, Jason, can you pull up that photo of the night we were playing together? In England. There we are. There they are. Look at them. This was a party at your house, and there's Louise Gold and Jerry and me. I don't know who the acoustic guitar belonged to. I didn't bring a guitar with me, but there's the guitar I'm holding. Pretty cool, huh? Ah. Yeah, look at Jerry. You can He's singing. Yeah. He's got those eyes lifted. He's doing that thing. <laughs> oh, and we have one other photo I dug up during the uh, while we were playing the show. Um, we talked about the first Muppets we built. Um, there <laughs> they are. <laughs> that's mine on the left and my cousin Gary's on the right there. That's 72. And uh, that's our first stab at it. Any Burton Ernie influence going on? You can see it, can't you? Oh, yeah. For, for so sure. Great. I love that they're cowboys, that you guys made them cowboys. Yeah, who knows why, but that's what they were. I guess, you know what it probably was? At the Foam and Fabric store, they we probably saw tiny little hats and the hats probably you know in the cord cob pipe that's in the mouth of mine that's probably what inspired them yeah yeah (laughs) all right so we've got some more uh just uh real quickly before we move on to the questions um i want to remind you to go and uh subscribe please to our youtube channel we're doing a big push just because we're starting out. It's a new show, and we really would love your support. We'd very much appreciate it. So go and subscribe. If you like this show, around. if you like this one, You'll there like could it. be more. There could be some more mm-hmm. really fun ones coming if you subscribe. <laughs>
I've got questions. I've got questions. Okay. All right. Uh, going back to the whole conversation in the last break, when Peggy asked if you'd come back to pump it up, and you asked about what uh, what would we do during this COVID period, Jason Jonathan Sloman said you'd have to stand two meters apart from your puppet. Yeah, it would just be singles of every character. You'd have to come in and out of the shot to respond, probably. Dead giveaway. Um, He's from England. He said meters. Yeah. Here's one from, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but it's C-J-A-J stuff. Um, has Gene ever done puppetry for the Muppets? Uh, well, nothing major, but <clears throat> hanging out a lot and visiting sets and things. That's what? not what he asked. That's not what they asked. <laughs> I shouldn't say he could be a she. They asked, have you ever done any puppetry with the Muppets? I don't even think that's Ja. I don't think that's a name. I think that's like initials or something. CJA stuff. All right. uh, maybe he'll tell us on the. Uh... Anyway, uh, I've done a few quick things like um, I did. Uh, Billy once did Elmo's Daddy with Elmo. We were on Fox and Friends promoting the, a big um, communication. Uh, what was it? Something with the troops to help kids talk to their parents who were off at war. And I did the left arm of um, Louis's dad. And I did Muppet Treasure Island. I did uh, a rat. There's a couple rats on a barrel during the tiki party scene. And they're like cuddling up together. And I did one of those. And I did a warthog dancing at the big shot at the end where they're all dancing on the boat right next to Jerry, by the way, which was cool. Um, and uh, there were some other quick little things. I can't think of them off the top of my head. I've done my only stuff, you know, I've worked, um, I design characters more than I puppeteered. Yep. I designed the ones for Augie and Dell's uh, late night buffet. And some of those characters went on to some other projects. So I redesigned the Tinseltown characters. And what? Every, the everybody band in too. that. Yeah. The, the, wow. the band and, uh, also uh, Jules, Bobby. Jules bear. Yeah. Jules Bear, Bobby and Samson. You did storyboards for Muppets from Space. Yeah. And I worked, Muppets I did five Space. animated shorts for Sesame Street. So that's right. that's a lot of my connection to Henson and Muppets. Thanks for asking. Yep. I got another my one. Real career, my real career, though, is uh, I write and illustrate children's books. You will see that Great. at jeanberetta.com. Go uh, see you what know what? Uh, let's. Yeah, thank you. Um, what happened to it? Uh, Capital Limited asks you, who was your favorite star to work with? And he has a question for me too, but I'll ask yours first, where they have a question. I picked that one. I put his question to you first. <laughs> uh, my favorite star to work with? That's so hard. I don't know. I started thinking about it when I was writing it down. And in the moment as I was writing it, I'll just say what I was thinking of when I was writing down the question was Tim Curry. I just was oh, wow. uh, so taken with him, you know, his um, his presence on the set of Muppet Treasure Island was amazing. We got along really well. We hung out a lot. Um, but to see him sing, I don't know if people realize it, but you know, I think a lot of people assume that 
you know, all the songs that we do are pre-recorded and we're lip syncing. There he is. Um, <laughs> there he goes. It just fell. After I saw but Brian, the, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying the, the songs are pre-recorded in, in our movies. Uh, rarely do we sing them live. But when he did, um, what's the song? A Professional Pirate, he sang it live to the track. Um, and we got to experience that. And it was so amazing. And so his vocals, I'd say the majority of it, there might be some that they kind of took, maybe dropped in and out or so. But I think the majority of that, I have to ask Brian again, the majority of that song, those vocals he did live. I think he also did, um, uh, I think the, 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 the um, what there's a moment when he and Jim Hawkins are, are in the, uh, what do you call it? At the, the front of the, the bow of the boat. And it's during, or they're up in a, now I can't remember very well. My mind is terrible. But there's, there's another moment where he's singing that he did that live. I think most of the stuff that he sang, he sang live on the set. Anyway, there's a lot of people I loved working with. I usually say Tony Bennett, but um, I, there's just so many. But Tim was phenomenal. Yeah. He was amazing. It was such a, that G was such a powerful song, Professional Pirate. I love my favorite moment is the very last beat of that song when he goes, dun, dun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I yeah. love it. And he leaps forward. He like sways a little bit. Uh, this was, uh, I just, after I saw, real quick, after I saw Brian had one of these in our first episode, I had to go online and find one for myself. Yeah. I, I used to go, to, I saw that a lot in the late 70s. Yeah, we could talk about all of our to the movie with Uncle Harry and all the times we went and, yeah. Um, and then, so it is, uh, the other part of his question is, uh, where did you get your passion for drawing? Uh, I just, I've always done it. My mom said that when I was three, I drew a big purple elephant on the wall next to my crib. So I know I've been uh, drawing since I was that young. And, and the first thing I ever wanted to be when I was, you know, five, six was an animator for uh, Walt Disney. And uh, I just always kept drawing that turned into wanting to be a film director. And I went to NYU film school and stuff and always just kept drawing because it's probably the best way I find to communicate ideas. And I'm glad I was able to find a way to steer that into my current career. So that's why. Thank you. I got what else one. Go ahead. I got one. This is from Evan Laidler. What are our favorite film genres? What's your favorite film genre? Our favorite? Do you ask? Um, yeah, each of our favorite film genre. I know. How can there be one? Yeah, I mean, I there's, you know, like I said, just having gone to film school, I love everything so much. I can never pick my favorite ten. I love film noir. I love, um, I love films that are not comedies, but they're filled with the greatest comedic moments. And I always think, for example, of Raging Bull because his mm. performance as Jake LaMotta and then Joe Pesci's performance are so hysterical in, in moments that I enjoy those more than comedies that say, this is a comedy, folks, please laugh. I'm really going to play it big and I'm begging you to laugh at me. Um, those never work for me. So I'll, I'll go with those. Um, what do you think? 
I don't know what that, and what do you call that? I don't even know what that genre is, right? It's just drama, really, but it's not really a genre, is it? Um, no. Film no, noir, but, uh, I love, yeah, go ahead. Same thing like last night, we were watching Tootsie again. And, you know, I guess it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's not really just a comedy. It's, you know, you want to call it a dramedy or, but again, that's, I don't know. There's too many. I can't really pick one. That's a hard question. But thanks for asking. Yeah. Sorry we didn't do that with it, but thank you. It is hard. You There's one? just... Oh, sorry. I'll just do this real quick. Capital Limited Production also asked, can you tell us your thoughts on Steve Whitmire? I'm not sure what that means exactly, other than uh, I love him. Unless you're talking yeah, about what happened with Kermit, um, you know, that's not really something that I should be just talking about publicly. It doesn't really, it's it's personal things and personal situation to Steve. And uh, But what are my thoughts? I love him and I miss him. That's my thoughts. Me too. I saw him at a, a, a comic convention, not comic convention, but a convention where celebrities and artists go, um, whatever those are called. And I really missed him. It was so good to spend some time with him. He and Carol were both there. So I got to hang with them for a bit. Uh, I was going to say Paul Lawson mentioned that he and his wife are listening on earbuds in a Chinese restaurant north of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Would you please get me some vegetable fried rice? Oh, can I tell and you I'm a quick story that's so funny? Ribs would be great. Yeah. Uh, it just reminded me of a great story. I was in a Mexican restaurant here outside of Philly, and they had a TV on in the background. And even though the sound on the TV wasn't on, they felt obligated to have Telemundo on. So based on, on their commitment to Telemundo, while we ate our meal, we watched The Exorcist. <laughs> which was probably the worst thing to watch, right. especially if you had some, um, what's the green sauce? Uh, the uh, tomatilla sauce. Oh, right. What am I talking about? Oh, you saying it was Mexican. Yeah. Well, I remember when we were kids, the uh, Don's Deli, we would go to get, uh, he had the pizza, and we would go and we would watch yeah. Charlie Chaplin movies. Yeah. Remember? He had, he had a, a projector set up and he would, project uh, Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton while you would go in and sit there and watch uh, his movies while you would eat. Yeah, yeah. And that was specific. I mean, that was a, an event, you know, it wasn't just like a TV hidden in the back or, you know, but right. it was just, oh, no. you went there purposefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see, let's do a couple more. Um, are you coming in right now? Let's see. You would play if I with me right now. What'd you say? Um, uh, Inhuman Quake asked, do I have Rolf with me? And to be honest, I do. I rare, it's not an, it's not a normal thing either. We don't normally have the characters at our homes, excuse me, but um, because of uh, our unusual situation in our country and around the world, some of the things that we've been doing, um, uh, creating, we've done from our homes. Uh, so I actually do have him here. <laughs> But I can't allow the show, or is that okay? He's taking a nap. He's taking a little nap right now. <laughs> Someone speaking of that, somebody earlier, and I'm looking for it. Somebody asked, 
Oh, okay. Muppet Spot asked if Dave has the original Gonzo from season one of the Muppet Show. Would you know that by any chance? No, I'm guessing I don't. not. Could be a museum. Right. I don't know. Um, oh, here we go. Here's know, a good one from Lauren. What? No, it's just getting near that time. But go ahead. Okay, let's do one more. Lauren Riccardi asks, uh, "What was your favorite holiday TV special to work on?" To work on, actually, you know, before I answer that, Gene, uh, Jason, can you go to five? Jason, if you're listening, can you go to five o'clock? If we go another uh, eight minutes? Yeah, go as long as you want. You're good? All right, we'll go to five. That's a good with I you, Gene? Yeah, so we've yeah. got eight more minutes. Okay. okay. As long yeah. as you keep right. the questions coming in, folks. This is a team right. effort. What was the question? Sorry. Uh, your favorite holiday TV special to work on? Um... Hmm. Well, I guess Very Merry Muppet Christmas was a lot of fun to work on. Why? Because we did it up in Vancouver and the people there are so amazing and they're all beautiful. Apparently there isn't like an unattractive Canadian in Vancouver (laughs) and they're all really talented and nice and happy. And they're just great people to work with. Amazing crews amazing artists. And, um, and I just like the, I just like the story, Jim Lewis, you know, based it kind of on a a wonderful, it's a wonderful life, which is one of my favorite, which is my favorite Christmas movie. Um, So it had, it was based in that and a lot of great cameos. And I don't know, I just thought it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to make and I like it. I still think it's a great Muppets uh, holiday. You have a wonderful life in every you have uh, it's a wonderful life in every single format it's ever come out in right yeah oh yeah yep um here we go how about this one um soar and entrepreneurship tv asks uh what would you have liked to have seen happen with the muppets abc series had a second season um developed in terms of storylines maybe or character development uh I think, unfortunately, it got canceled when we were just getting to a place that started to feel right. Um, not all of the stories at the very end, but 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 somewhere around nine, it was starting to take shape and feel right for the characters and the storylines, and we were starting to shift and find that change. I think if we would have got on, gone on, it would have just gotten better. I think we actually did have a groove, but unfortunately the politics of it all just took it down. So I, I think it just would have been, I think it just would have been more uh, true to the characters as we continued on because we tended to have more of a voice, um, all the performers and everybody was finding themselves. It happens a lot in TV shows. You know, the first season, everybody's finding their place, writers, directors, crew, you know, performers, everybody's finding their, their groove. And I think we did. And then unfortunately it went away. So just more of the same, I guess. Yeah. How about this one from Marshall Grover? Beretta boys, do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? Such a romantic (gasps) question. 
Sunrise, sunset. Sunset. Sunrise. Hey, are we in sync when we do that? With this I don't new, think uh, software. No. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna count to five, and you start with me on two. One, two, three, three, four, five. Four, five. Really? Jeez, that's a that's way off. Anyway, that's why we're stepping on each other because we're not pausing long yeah. enough. I'm not pausing long enough. Uh, sunrise or like? sunset? I like. Oh, oh, these questions. I mean, I don't. I appreciate the questions. <laughs> I just like them both. That's awful. It's so stupid. I don't know. I like uh, daytime. Is that yeah, a sunset? Yeah, I have a then? preference. No, that's Go sunrise. Well, daytime is daytime. Sunrise. Yeah. What no, did I say? Sunset. Sunset. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sunrise. sunrise. I like. Uh, you know, once sunset. Sun size. Once you become a parent, your whole schedule changes and you become a day person, at least in my case. So I'm up probably like 5.30 or 6 every morning and uh, I have no personal life and no nightlife to speak of. So it means nothing to me. I'm usually home working and then I go watch a movie. But I love when the sun comes up. That's why I keep the windows open. I don't even draw the shades. I'm like a rooster. I let the, uh, the light from outside wake me up. Thank yeah, that's that. true. Uh, I think when you're you're right when you're a parent, you you change. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I used to love night because I that's when I would it would be quietest and I could write and create, and not have any distractions, you know. But I don't know. Yeah. I like the daytime because I get to see people. Yeah, I was the same way. I was I was a real night owl, and that's that was great, especially for work because. You had no distractions from people emailing or calling and all of that, and you could really focus on work. But I miss that. But uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yep. Huh? Yep. Yep. What time is it? Okay, three minutes. We've got uh, – is that the same? What do we got? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of these are statements, not as many questions. Bill, after speaking about Johnny and Sal, what goes into the restoration – restoration process for these puppets that I guess that have deteriorated? It's usually internal structure, depending on what, how, what their internal structure is. That's usually the issue. It's if they're foam, then they disintegrate and, or they rip and they tear and they, you know, over time. So, um, I think with Johnny and Sal, the pattern, the exterior, their skin, their, you know, the stuff that goes over the structure is always all good for the most part. So that's, that's kept well, it's just the inside of it starts to go. And so they have to rebuild the inside and make it sturdy again and make it the right size and shape. And, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. I don't know how they do it, but um, it's mostly interior type stuff. Structural. One. And sorry, gang, if, if we're uh, repeating questions from certain people, it's just that some are making more statements than questions, and I'm just kind of pulling what I see. Uh, CJA, by the way, CJA are the initials of the person. Uh, CJA yeah. stuff asks, Bill, have you ever been halfway through a production 
and then had to cancel production halfway through or midway through as and it never went ahead to finish uh no i mean the closest thing is you know you do a pilot and then you don't get to do the whole show you know you don't continue on with it but i don't recall anything that i've done that we were halfway through whether it was a pilot or whether it was a TV special or a movie that got canceled halfway through. They put, no, fortunately. How yeah. about ML Farm asks both of us, what pearls of wisdom would you suggest to young puppeteers, uh, puppet makers, performers who wish to break into the industry? My pearl of wisdom would be to ask Billy, because I don't know. It's not my world. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Just tell me that last Oh, it's almost time to go. Tell me to just say it one more time real quick. Yes. What what pearl of wisdom would you suggest to a young puppet maker or performer who wants to break into the industry? Puppet maker or performer. Uh, boy, uh, you know, work on character. That's what I would say. Work on your characters. And uh, if you can, while you're doing it and you've got a, a puppet that you're, you're going to make, um, you know, work at home, play with a camera, play with uh, a video camera and get it up and work on your technique as far as focus. I'll give you a quick little thing. Focus is really important when you're first starting out. Start slow. Do you do the alphabet? A, B, C. Try not to do this with your hand too much because imagine the eyes are up here on the top of your hand. Then if you're talking like this, you have no eye focus, right? That's kind of the first early thing that everybody does. You have no eye focus because your eyes are always up in the air. If you can get more simple and keep it, do this more and keep a focus, look, figure out where you're looking. Oh, I'm looking over there. Now I'm going to look to the middle and I'm going to look over here. So eye focus, being still, don't feel like you got to be big and entertained. Use a song to sing to, a song that you know. You can rehearse and do songs and take your time. Do ballads if you know one. Try not to do big, crazy songs at first, um, but work on character. Think about your characters. Who are they? Where are they from? What kind of food do they like? Do they pick their nose? Do they like the color blue? All those little details and work on character because your character is what's going to make your puppet stand out. You can have all kinds of puppets and over the years with the Muppets, you'll notice that some characters get turned into different characters because they weren't successful for, for whatever reason. And I think that's usually because of character. If the character isn't strong, the puppet doesn't continue on. Is that long and boring? Me of a very, you reminded me of a very sad story. When what? we were younger, we were doing a puppet show with puppets that we made. And uncle, mm. who's our grandmother's brother, walked up and <laughs> put ice cream in my puppet's mouth. Yeah. He fed it. I was so upset. I was crying. You cried so hard. You were just, that was the end of the show, too. The he show ruined it. Out. He did. He did. He, but everybody they loved it. Laughing. You were so angry. You were so angry. You put ice cream in my papa. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, uh, remember next week's show? We're going to have Alton Brown, Ed Christie, Ed Eith. It's going to be a really good one. And uh, go visit our websites and subscribe. And I hope you enjoyed. Uh, that was such a great fun time with Frank and Dave. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. 
Welcome to the Beretta Brothers. We are a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to theberettabrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you. (laughs) 